This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. What's up, everybody? It's Will coming back for part two of the Elk Calling Tips and Tactics series brought to you by Field Note Fridays, powered by Federal Premium, powering your pursuit. So we got Jermaine on here again, and today we're going to be breaking down cow sounds, the different sounds that a cow makes, when to use them, how to use them, and how to mix it in with the calf sounds as well. We're going to talk a little bit about the lost calf cow sounds. Jermaine touched on a little bit last week, and so we're going to dive into it this week, cow sounds, and hopefully y'all are going to be able to take some of this practice because what you're going to hear Jermaine talk about is mastering the cow sound. First and foremost, that's pretty much what you got to do to master the rest of the calls is getting the cow sound down first. So whether that's on a read or an open or open read or mouth call, doesn't matter. Get it down. Practice, practice, practice. But nonetheless, here's Jermaine and we're going to dive into cow sounds. Gotcha. Hopefully that answered the question. It did. I mean, I feel like that was perfect for covering calves. And so next I want to dive into cows. You know, obviously yep. you've, you've got your, your simple calls, but then like, um, I, I couldn't tell you the exact terms, but there's like the, the estrus, estrus, estrus scream, estrus buzz. Yep. Yes. I, I want to hear those. I want to hear those. I know the listeners do. Let's hear what those sound like. And I guess my question is, um, kind of tell us how to do some of those. So, yeah, absolutely. So, you got to remember, you know, if we're talking about like, so let's go back to cow sounds. Cow sounds are a little bit more mature, a little bit more deeper. They are a little longer. They sound like this. Now I take that and I amplify it. You can amplify it with the, through your through your tube to make it sound a little bit deeper, a mm-hmm. little bit more raspy. 
those are your mature cow sounds. As you get towards towards that mid month, you'll start getting those first cows that come in the heat. Yeah. When they come in the heat, not everybody's heard this, and maybe some of them heard it in the woods, and maybe just some of them seen it in, on videos. They have a buzz to them, and it's called that. It's it's just it's done with your throat. <clears throat> it's done with your throat. As you're making that cow sound, you buzz that that latex on that diaphragm. Okay, it's very hard to do that with the open reed. But what's unique about an open reed? It already has a little buzz sound to it. Mm-hmm. You can hear that kind of buzz sound to it. Now. With an open read, it sounds a little bit more realistic, right? And all you're going to do is make that buzz sound with your your throat as you're making that cow sound. I usually use this right around that mid-month to the end of the month of September. Now, you can use this into like the the first two weeks of October, too, because it works, too, as well. Yeah. But you got to remember, your cows, your first sequence of cows that come in heat is right around that mid-month of September and then it goes all the way into like the first two weeks of September. Each year, each state varies, right? Yeah. I won't even go into that. That's a little bit deeper. But That's a whole other podcast. I, that's a whole other podcast. But what I will tell you is this. You just have to use a <clears throat> buzz with your voice mm-hmm. and do the same sound and it sounds like this. This is what that extra buzz sounds like. Now there's a whole sequence of lines that you can do. And I lay out, when I'm doing a breeding sequence, I lay out a whole line and I do a lot of extra buzz. And what I'm telling them is I'm ready to be bred. Come check me out. Come smell me. I'm the hottest one on the mountains. She, she's the That's hottest one on the I'm dance floor. She's strutting her stuff. <laughs> I'm the hottest one on the dance floor. <laughs> That's yep. what, yeah. So that that call, I never use that call at the very beginning of the month. Mm-hmm. I use that call towards mid-month to the end of the month. Okay. When I know when those cows are coming heat and you're hearing more bugles and more bugles, then I know that somebody's in something in the air has fallen and these cows are starting to light up because I'm hearing more bugles now. They're ready. And that's when I start using the estrus buzz, the estrus scream, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. They have so many nicknames for that stuff, but it is a cow that's in heat and that's ready to be bred. How can a dude or girl practice to get better at that? Like what are, what are some tips that you have for somebody to be practicing in the car at the house? How can they get better at doing that, that buzz in that estrus, that estrus call? So first, first learn how to do a cow sound. When you learn how to do a cow sound and you're perfected that cow sound, you want to start adding some voice into this. And it's a buzz with your throat. Do like you, trying to clear your throat mm-hmm. uh, i'm throwing that sound as i'm doing a cow sound does that make sense yeah perfect sense. so i'm clearing my throat at the same time i'm still using the same air pressure with that cow sound and it makes it sound like it's a buzz with it like this once again 
You just got to practice. It's a lot of practice, but all I'm doing is throwing that buzz from, and it's not the sa- it's not the same exact same as a, <clears throat> I'm clearing my throat, but it's a lighter tone of clearing my throat. It kind of prolong- yeah, kind of prolong it a little bit more rather than yeah, being and such- I'm throwing it into and I'm throwing it into the cow sound yeah, but never I never change the 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 amount of air. Or oh, no, excuse me, amount of pressure that I'm using on the latex of that diaphragm. Mm-hmm. I'm just I'm using that voice and I'm adding it into it. Gotcha. What are some other cow sounds? Like you've got your estrus. You were saying a couple of them a minute ago. I couldn't remember. Like what? What are yeah. some of the other cow sounds out there? So right along with that, you right before you get into like that that estrus buzz, mm-hmm. you have a estrus like an estrus whine. And that estrus wine is a deviated note. Uh, most musicians would know this is that note just sways back and forth. Okay. And it would sound like this and it's prolonged. It sounds like this. It goes hand in hand with that buzz. Okay. And that estrus, that estrus kind of scream is. Hey, I'm almost ready. Come on over here, kind of, or why don't you hang out with me, kind of thing. She's flirting, and that she's flirting. She's flirting exactly. She's flirting, <laughs> and that that asterisk, that asterisk, like wine. That's a killer, man. Mid month, that's a killer. That is a killer, and I use that with it with my open read. It sounds like this. I just go into a deviated note and it's just a wavy note. And you just tell them, Hey, I'm almost ready. I'm almost ready. I'm almost but, ready to dance. Ah, yeah. Come on. Come <laughs> on. Come on. Drinks. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> She's been having a couple drinks. She's ready to go dancing a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that goes hand in hand with your estrus buzz, your estrus, you know, scream, but your that's just the, the, uh, I would say that, that, that's just your wavy note that leads into your extra screen. She's almost ready versus I'm ready. Yeah. Okay. And that's another one to add into the reps of your cow sounds. And then let's go back and, and, and go back a little bit uh, further towards like the very beginning of the month when you have your cow sounds and you have your calf sounds. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of cow and calf communication. So my cow, my my calf might be talking to me, mom, mom, when can I, when when can I, or are we there yet? <laughs> and we she sounds like this. <laughs> Followed immediately within seconds by the cow sound. And she may be saying, hey, where you at? Hey, where you at? And, he's, and she says, I'm over here. I'm over here. So that calf and, communi- calf and, uh, calf, calf and cow communication, mm-hmm. that's, I use that a lot, a lot during that early season of September going into mid-September. Okay. Mixed in with some bull sounds. But you got a lot of different sounds in there, but those are your killers. 
Those are your killers. Now, I know one of the questions that listeners probably have is how often? So, obviously, if you're getting responses from the animals, um, from cows, bulls, you know, you're going to be responding back. You're going to be you're going to be playing the hand that's been dealt to you. But if you're in a cold calling situation, it's a windy day, or you just get out there, how often are you calling, or like how long are you waiting before you start up another sequence? I wait. For me, it varies, right? For me, I probably wait anywhere from two. I, 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 I'm impatient. I got ADHD. I'm all over the place. Same. <laughs> but what I will say is, I think I give it right around two minutes. Okay. So I'll lay out. I'll lay out. When I get into a, a ridge line, I'll lay out a sequence of calf and cow communication. I'll do this. I start off with cow sounds. I lay it back with some calf sounds. And I might sit there for a couple minutes. Okay. And if I don't hear nothing from those cow sounds, then I lay into a location bugle. Let it rip. That's within two. Yep, within two minutes. And what I'm telling, what I'm telling the viewers is, listen, I lay out a couple cow sounds with calf communication. They don't sound off. I throw a location bugle facing a different direction, saying, "Hey, where y'all at? Where y'all at? Where the ladies at?" And just a location bugle sounds like this. I'm saying, hey, I'm over here, or hey, where y'all at? Once I lay that out, I wait a couple minutes. It might not take a couple minutes for them to respond. Mm -hmm. Respond. But if they do, if it does take a couple seconds, then I'll go into a little bit more advanced elk sounds, uh, uh, bugle sounds with my with my diaphragm, and my bugle tube. I'll lay those sounds out, you know, later with chuckles or grunts. But for the most part, I start off with my cow sounds, and then two minutes later, I'm laying on a location bugle. If they don't answer to none of my calls, within eight minutes tops, tops, I'm impatient, I'm moving. I'm changing locations, and I'm going to a... It might be only five, six, seven hundred yards away. Okay. I'll say that I might was my next question, yeah. Yeah, it, it, ain't, it ain't far sometimes. I mean, a lot of people think it... You got to move, you know, two miles down the ridge. No, you don't. Sometimes you just got to get into the zone. And I call it the zone. Once you get into that zone, sometimes they wouldn't fire off because you were 400 yards away. Then you got within 200. The next thing you know, he sounds off. Yeah. So you got to remember that just because they don't sound off doesn't mean they're not there. It might mean you need to be a little closer to them. Now, if you move in the wrong direction, I can't help you with that. <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to help no, you with that. No one's going to help you. <laughs> no one's going to help you with that. This one's but a little... I can... Go for it. Go ahead, go ahead. No, you go for it, brother. Go ahead. So, well, what I will tell you is this. If you are moving in the right direction and you do get closer to that elk, that bull, or that cow, mm -hmm. 
and you move in that direction, you're going to elicit a response because you're within that zone. Yeah. And when you're in that zone, sometimes no matter what you say, you can be a Doug Flutie. And they sound off because you're within that zone. It's just like turkey. Or I know people hate. I know there's some people that hate when you refer elk to turkeys, but like sometimes you could be the worst turkey caller. If you're within his range and he's hot to trot, he, I mean, hell, he'll freaking he'll, oh, sound off. he'll gobble at anything. Yep. And elk are, kind, yep. and, elk are the same. Yep. And, and I say that for the ones that, that are just trying to start calling, listen, we need to find them. Mm-hmm. And, and we can't find them if they ain't talking. I promise you, I don't chase ghosts. I do not walk around the woods just for the heck of it. No. If they're not talking, I'm moving till they talk. I got a question for you. This is a little off topic from Colin because I want to know personally. So All right. my situation last year had that cow come in and she came up directly behind us, but then off to the west, the whole herd started moving up. And I and it was one of those situations where I had this bull like I could have been screaming at him with my voice and he probably would have bugled at me. And they were just moving up, but I just had this small, I mean, it was like a dried up creek bed, tiny, between me and him. And looking back on it, I should, as soon as I heard him bugling, I should have freaking jetted across this meadow and got to the, to the other side. To the um, other side. To the other side, I should have. And so when you hear elk bugle, you, you throw in a locator out there, or you get a, you get a cow call out there. Are you going right at these elk or are you waiting for them to show their hand? No. So a lot of times when I, I play this back and I got a video that we had last year, mm-hmm. a bull that sounded off and I, he was moving. So me and my, I was with my wife and I, I I located this herd. We moved in, but it sounded like they were going up and over a ridge. Yeah. And and what was best for us was to go around this ridge and come up from a different uh, drainage. So I said this. I said to my wife, I said, I know exactly where they're going. What we need to do is swing down low and come up and try to you know, intercept them. Now, what I, I'm, I'm going to cut back to, to your question is as soon as they they sound off, mm-hmm. I'm checking wind. Immediately, I'm checking wind. I know exactly where they are. I'm checking wind. Now, what's the best approach to get to them? So, I'll check wind. If the best pro- approach is going straight at them, I'm going straight at them. Yeah. But 90% of the time, the wind's probably not going to be in your favor and you're going to have to change your pro- uh, approach. And so it was, it was several different times last year where, you know, I, I locate a bull, he's above me and the wind's blowing straight at him. Mm-hmm. So I knew that I had to swing wide left or wide right and get on his level to come to him. So now in your situation, he located, he was right, right on the other side of the, the, the drainage. I would have checked the wind and I would have, what's my best approach? Do I need to swing up high or do I need to swing up low and then come to him? Or can I go straight to him? So those, those are questions that you almost have to answer in the woods, but you cannot get frustrated Mm-mm. when, when you, you go straight to him because that was your best approach. And then the wind changed directions. I mean, that's hunting. 
I, I couldn't tell you what, what I would have done because the direction they were for, like our wind was going down the mountain. Thermals had already changed already and they were coming up, but they were far enough away that they weren't going to catch us. But I knew, and I think that's why I didn't move across was because if I would have gone straight across then my wind would have been going right to him. Right to him. And so I didn't know what the best damn approach I, would have been in that situation. I probably, I, I probably, so the wind was going downhill, right? Yeah. It was going downhill and they were coming up. Yeah, they were coming up. We we had kind of gotten up to this meadow and this cow came right up behind us. Like she didn't even care. I think she was more concerned about finding that calf, the one that came trotting up, hot to trot right behind us. Like she didn't even care. But then they came probably like another 300 yards down from us and they were working up the hill. And so like if I'm... Uh, I'm trying to think how to best explain this so the listeners understand. Like if I'm looking one direction, they were kind of coming at my my seven o'clock. Like if I'm looking okay. at if I'm looking at twelve o'clock, they were coming from seven. And he ended up getting to ten o'clock. And if I would have gotten to ten o'clock, my wind would have been going right down to him. Yeah. It almost sounds like you probably should have swung downhill, got on level with them a little bit. But they were moving up and then you would have been playing cat and mouse. But mm -hmm. I, I probably in in that situation, it's like a it's like a double edged sword. Yeah. What I probably would have done is said, I know where he's gonna come up at. I would have cut the distance a little bit, not all the way, mm -hmm. a little bit, and tried to pull something off that herd, maybe a satellite bull or something off that herd with some with some aggressive cow sounds. Dude. I don't know, man. <sighs> it's it, tough. It was just him. It was just him with fifteen, sixteen cows. He didn't and have no other bulls with him? There were no other bulls. They find Oh, I would have got aggressive with him. Oh, I did. I did. I was grunting. I was chuckling. I was pissing him off. I was cutting him off. Like I was going at it. Like we were we were going at it. And finally, it got to the point where I got the cows coming to me. Like I started, I don't know if they're like, oh man, you you sound like a wuss. We're going over to him. And so they start coming to me and they got within about 75 yards. And then he finally just had enough of it that he just got right in the middle of them, broke them up, and then he just took them right up the mountain, three, four hundred yards away from us. And I've he, had, I've oh, I've he, had that happen. He was bugling the whole time, and I told the guy that I was with, I said, "Man, Cody, I was like, I don't care if I don't kill anything. That was the best elk experience I'd ever had in my life, and I've only been yep. doing this for three years. I've I've had that happen multiple times, and." Uh, with with single big bulls like that, last year we had a uh, we had a big bull about a three sixty bull. Mm -hmm. He was the only bull that had right around sixty cows with him. Mm -hmm. He had some satellites that were way out. He had run all those out, and lo and behold, we had moved in so close to his cows that he had no choice but to come close not close enough but close to us and we got to lay eyes on that bull and that bull was about a 360 bull oh. and um he could have been bigger i said he he's pushing 360 maybe bigger i mm -hmm. don't know but he had the mass and everything and i threw out some of the nastiest challenge bugles to him and 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 i was trying to talk to his cows and everything and uh he would not leave those cows he stayed stationary right in between all of those cows and they were spread out all around him. Yep. And 
it was nothing we really could do, but, but do what I was doing. And, um, he had some satellites that we had called in. We called some of these satellites in within shooting range, but we were after that one bull. We got fixated as well. I don't like to get fixated on one bull. Yeah. I, I really don't because if you get fixated, you'll go home with a with an empty tag. And what, mm -hmm. what my wife do, she went home with an empty tag. Uh. And, and we got fixated on this bull for a couple of days. And I should have reeled myself back, but I'm gonna tell you right now, man, when you're in the heat of the moment, man, you don't know. You just wanna you just wanna get after it. You do. And uh, and sure enough, this bull, he was he was a tough bull. I think with the amount of pressure that has been called at him, he was a little weary about he was really close to us. If that was a muzzleloader tag, done deal. Done. That Don't was my deal. thing. If, yeah, if mine muzzle loader, I'd have that booger right up on the wall right there, dude. Yeah, yeah, it'd be a done deal. But th during archery season, you got to understand that. I mean, it's tough. It is oh, tough. Yeah. But that's why we love but you it, gotta man. Practice. You got to get, you got to get behind these calls, and you got to practice these calls. There you go, everybody. Another end to Field Note Fridays. Part two was all about cows. We just finished it up, and so next week we're going to be diving into bugles with Jermaine. He's already kind of touched on location bugles a little bit, so we're going to dive into location bugles, challenge bugles, chuckles, grunts, lip balls. We're going to be getting some higher level stuff next week, so make sure that you get plenty of time to practice your cow sounds, your calf sounds. Get that down because like you heard Jermaine say, you got to get those two down before you can really get into a bugle. A bugle is just basically a prolonged cow sound so make sure you get plenty of time to practice this week on the truck in the car on the way to work when the kids and the wife aren't home go in the house go in the garage just practice 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 because that's how you're going to get better so nonetheless just want to thank jermaine for part two of this series and we're going to see you on next week's episode of field note fridays powered by federal premium <laughs>